Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Hate Read. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. Every fortnight here on Hate Read, one of us challenges the other to read a book, or sometimes a listener challenges both of us to read a book, which is what happened this fortnight. Um, friend of the podcast, slash well, friend of Anna, <laughs> um, Kristen, challenged us to read An Anonymous Girl by... Two people whose names uh, I don't Greer have. Greer Hendrix candy. and Sarah Pecanon. By <laughs> Greer Hendrix and Sarah Pecanon, and I will seamlessly edit <laughs> Please that. don't. <laughs> Which I was listening to the last episode, and I don't think we ever said what the name of the book was. <laughs> we didn't. We definitely didn't. So we said we said the name of the book. We did. Say okay, the name of the I just couldn't remember it unless I cut oh. it out. I couldn't remember, um, but like I was, I was like, I don't think we said what the book was called. Uh, we definitely didn't say the names of the authors because I was shocked to learn ah. two authors. So like I, we definitely didn't say the names. Of the <laughs> well, authors. apologies to last week because we are if you were waiting in anticipation to find out what the book was called so you could read along with us. Uh. <laughs> Quickly, go to your local. Pause library. the podcast now. Uh, get on that waiting list because this is a new release, so you'll probably have to wait a while um, or just buy it and uh, then come back. Yes. But yeah. first things first slash second because we <laughs> did not say this first. Um, Anna, did you finish I did. Em, did you finish the book? I sure did. Excellent. <laughs> um, what'd you think? Well, okay. I was super like into parts of this book. Okay. There were, there were parts of it I hated. There were parts of it that mm. I was super into, and I thought they were going to bounce each other in the end. But then, like, the ending happened, and it was so underwhelming. I just wanted to throw this book across the room. I thought it was so just like, that's it. Common emotion here on Hate Read. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I... I... I feel very like okay. I know this is this is gonna be a little bit same samey because this is pretty much my response last week. <laughs> I was indifferent. It mm-hmm. was. I definitely think again. I think if I cared about thrillers, I would be annoyed by the end of this book. But because I don't like thrillers, I just didn't care. Like yeah. I was just like, eh, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> and there were definitely parts of the. I I will say there were parts of the, of the book that were well crafted Mm -hmm. and I think um interesting if you're into this type of book um but again I'm just not and maybe one day we will find the the mystery thriller that unlocks the secret longings of my heart and I will learn to love them I hope it has to do with detective cats today (laughs) honestly detective cats is closer (laughs) we shouldn't reference detective cats too much because we've talked about we might end up taking that episode down but oh yeah (laughs) Uh, this is just very I just didn't care I just didn't care about any of it like mm. I, and again I I think it was good like I, th- I think this was one of those books where I'm like I feel like it was it was a good book probably mm-hmm. like I'm like I, I might this is uh, this is getting way ahead but I might suggest other books by these authors maybe yeah they have um, another one called The Other Wife I think yeah The Wife Between The us. Wife Between Us yeah same thing yeah um <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That means <laughs> which, like, and I don't know. I don't know, Kristen, if you knew this when you challenged us to this book, but like, I hate 
stories that have like cheating as part of the the narrative like I just Mm. I hate that it's stupid I don't want to read about how you're about your infidelity or your ability to make someone commit adultery or whatever like that's just not appealing to me I think those people who do that are garbage um but also it sounds like their other book might be about that because like the wife between us so maybe 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 not for me but for people who like thrillers I have read like reviews and stuff that said their first book was really great but a lot of people Mm -hmm. are kind of underwhelmed by the ending to this one Uh, other people all loved it though so I don't know listen um and decide for yourself or don't yeah maybe get to like (laughs) maybe get to like the uh like however long this takes like the first 40 minutes or whatever of the summary and if it seems cool stop listening before we get to the big twist ending which wasn't really that big of a twist ending mm-hmm. um then go read it i don't know like there this is another one where i feel like definitely this is a subjective thing for me i didn't like it particularly but i mm-hmm. think it it probably appeals to a lot of people um, yeah like if you're a fan of the gone girl type book this yeah. would probably be right up your alley which my mother has been trying to get me to read Gone Girl for like three years now and still hasn't happened. So I'm going to read it to you on vacation. Please don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to bring it with me and I'm going to read it to you. <laughs> Why? All right, let's get into this book. All right. Um, I, we will probably be glossing over a lot of the more finer details because this is a thriller. Mm-hmm. It's plot heavy. There's just so yeah. many things that happen. So um, if it seems a little disjointed or like if you feel like there's some details missing, it's probably because there are. And I just don't care. Sorry. And it's definitely not because <laughs> one of the hosts took exactly zero notes this week <laughs> and barely remembers what happened in this book. It's okay. I took three pages of notes, which is more than my one page of notes. So that kind of made up for it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's only because of the plot. So yeah, okay. So I guess we'll jump into it. Uh, Jess Fields is a twenty-something makeup artist living in New Ferris. York City. Oh, did I say Fields? Fields yeah. Shields. <laughs> Jess Ferris is a twenty-something makeup artist living in New York City. Um, she has a lot of bills to pay. I only remembered it's Ferris because I misread it as farts. Once. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name's Jess Farts. I mean, like, I knew that was wrong. <laughs> Would you like me to do your makeup? I'm just farts. <laughs> Jessica farts. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Jess has no money because she lives in New York City. She's a makeup artist. But also because she um, has to secretly help her parents afford the doctor visits and therapy sessions for her younger sister, who suffers from... Uh, some sort of physical and mental development. Brain boo-boos. Yeah. She fell from she fell out of a window when she was a child. Uh, and Jess thinks it's her fault, which is why she's paying for everything. I mean, to be fair, it kind of is. Kind of was. But it was kind of everyone's <laughs> fault. No, but yeah, it was mainly her spread fault. Spread out the blame. No, it was mainly. <laughs> yeah. That was bullshit. It was mainly her yeah, fault. Yeah. It was kind of, yeah, she's pretty negligent. Uh, and um, so one day she's doing the makeup of one of her clients because I guess her job is she goes she's like a door to door makeup artist but you have to like sign up it's like it's like an Uber I think for she, makeup yeah I was gonna say it's like Lyft yes but makeup yeah so she goes to one of her clients' houses and she overhears them talking about a uh, psychological study that one of the girls signed up to participate in which will pay her five hundred dollars which is absolutely outrageous Fuck to me wild like like. <laughs> I'm over here There's on no MTurk taking surveys for 10 cents, and this girl is passing up the opportunity right. for $500. Whatever. Well, no, the idea that... Well, yeah, I don't know what grant that this 
this right. like, this <laughs> doctor had that allowed her to pay her participants five hundred dollars a piece. But I think it was implied that at least at the point, and this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, sorry, but I think at least at the point that Miss Farts was involved. <laughs> <laughs> This is so juvenile. I don't care. That's her official name. <laughs> so at the point that Miss Farts was involved, she um, was using the the Doctor Shield was using her own money. I yes. Don't think that, I think that's the only way to make sense of this because, yeah, I don't. I like she she was at the university though. Like someone signed off on this weird ass study. That, yeah. Like, no, it was. Have... I think it was definitely legit up until she was like, "Come to my place, and I will well, but, further mm-hmm. your research." I mean, then it was out what, of pocket. I don't but, know. Yeah, I don't know but, how much of it was legit and how much wasn't because five hundred dollars is an outrageous sum to pay. Some and someone had to even ignoring the five hundred dollars. This study makes no sense. Like yeah. this is this is what are you doing? Like you're just <laughs> essentially okay. Let's get to the the part with the study because yeah. Oh, well, so the this other girl was like, I'm not gonna go to the study. So Jess is like, all right, I'm gonna sneakily go in her place and pretend to be this girl. Um, and essentially the study is like, it's a four hour survey, which takes place over the two days. The study is like a convo on Omegle. It's, That's what the study is. Yes. <laughs> it's fucking chat roulette. It's what the it's study so is. It's so fucking weird. It's so like, stupid. Like the second the computer started talking back to me, I'd have been like, no, I'm out. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, nah. This is weird. Uh, so <laughs> the, the survey is supposed to be on like questions about your morals and ethics. And so the computer asks questions. Oh, I say the computer. But the survey asks questions. I was like, could you tell a lie without feeling guilty? Or tell me about a time you cheated? Or like, have you ever done something to hurt, purposefully to hurt someone you love? Or something like that. Uh, but instead of being like a, a scale of like, have you ever, I, like, a, do you agree with the statement? I have cheated before. One, strongly disagree. Ten, strongly agree. Whatever. Everyone's It's favorites. like, write me a fucking essay. Like, what? Yeah, how like, are you gonna how can you quantify that? Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> this is a poorly designed study. Who, who, who agreed to this? I don't know. Your department head needs to be contacted. Well, she's only an adjunct, too, which I'm like, how were you even given like the resources to do this as an adjunct mm-hmm. professor mm-hmm. i don't understand this is another instance where the villain which like kind of spoiler but i mean at least she's implied to be a villain through most of this whether that is the case remains to be seen <laughs> we um, will discuss at a later date <laughs> but the villain is given so much to do and i just don't know how they fit it all in their schedule i don't either she's because like, she's a working woman she's like she has a full client load she's an adjunct professor like she she's does a take a leave of she's, absence from That's teaching. true, from the professor thing. But she still has uh, uh, therapy people, right? She's still doing therapy stuff. Yeah, yeah. She's still meeting yeah. clients. So she's still doing that. And before all this goes down, she was an adjunct professor. She was teaching classes. She was apparently designing poorly designed research studies and then implementing them. And she also has a full client load. Like, what? When, when is she doing I don't know. This? I don't know why she bothers with being an adjunct professor. Like, that doesn't pay. You have your own private practice. Go focus on that. She's doing it for love of this really great research study. (laughs) Or it's all part of her scheme. It was just such a, like, multi-layered con that she became an adjunct professor at NYU. (laughs) Just in case her husband one day cheated on her. Yep, yep. She had had that in her back pocket from from the day she said, I do. Um, (laughs) 
But so she, I guess she performs. Oh, so she answers these questions, a long form essays. But then there's a couple times where the computer like turns around and is like, no, Jessica, tell me more. Oh, no, excuse me. So it's subject 52. You need to go more in depth on your answers. I'm very disappointed. And so then she like kind of has this back and forth with the computer, um, which we find out is actually Dr. Shields, who decides that Jessica is a uh, good enough subject to enter into the second part of the study where you'll be doing more in-depth research and weirder things. And Jess is like, mm, okay. <laughs> Which, okay, I, I thought about this a lot because on the one hand, like you already said, like as soon as the computer started talking back, you'd be out of there, right? Like, but I also have no money. <laughs> so like I do kind of get like, it's 500 bucks to answer yeah, so, to lot. essentially be on Omegle for two hours or like to like as it goes on it turns into basically she gets therapy and gets paid for it like this is true it's very sketchy and I think and I, I think that's the thing like I think Jessica like underreacts to some things and overreacts to some things <laughs> yes and like I definitely feel like she should have been more like, this is weird. This is not how studies work. Studies, like, I, I might not have gone to college or whatever, but, like, I understand that that studies are not me going to therapy for two hours. Like, that doesn't yeah. make sense. And she gets, like, really, like, freaked out by other stuff, like the tortoise shell glasses later on. Oh, my gosh. But, or, like, like, there's there's a whole part of this book where she, like, I don't know. For some reason, she just like freaks out after having done these sessions for a while. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I need to know more about Dr. Shields urgently. And if I don't find out anything before I go to see her again in 48 hours, the world will explode. I don't know. It's because she, she's like, um, I've been telling her all these secrets and I don't know what she's going to do with these secrets. And like, she has no other reason for at this point for suspecting Dr. Shields is up to no good. Yes, that so, is like, true. As a participant in oh, a research so study, the solution would be to go to the person in charge of the research study and be like, "Hey, what's the like what's the deal with this research study?" Not to like start stalking other people in order to try to get more information about like people yes. who are pretty much unrelated to this situation. She's like, I need to know more about Dr. Shields, even though I've Googled her and, like, watched her talks and seen her papers. Like, I just want to make sure she's legitimate by making sure she taught a class at NYU one time. Yeah. Like, you didn't really do anything. That didn't prove anything. (laughs) But then, like, as soon as she finds out, like, oh, whew, all right, I'm good. Like, what? Yeah, so it's like, I don't understand why you got freaked out by this in the first place. Like, that's not the thing that would freak me out. Yes. But now that you have been freaked out, like, you need to remain at that level. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> Don't sink, sink back into complacency here, Miss Farts. <laughs> Uh, but so so dr shields is the psychiatrist and adjunct professor at miu is in charge of this study and she's basically like a perfect robot stepford wife um who's very beautiful See, i thought more sherlock holmes like um oh yeah i think they did try holmes. to like more maybe like a moriarty than a sherlock holmes though mm-hmm. but i could see both she's yeah. like just knows when people are lying and can see through them. And she's very the real cold purpose. and clinical and doesn't use apostrophes. Yes, and refers to Miss Farts as Jessica. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, so the, the chapters actually alternate between her and Jess's perspectives. So Jess is in first person, and then Dr. Shields is in second person, which is an interesting choice, but we find out, like, there's a reason for it. Um, but I don't know. How do you feel about having the second person um, narrative in there? I feel good. I feel good you about it. liked it? Yeah, I liked it. I yeah, it, it was I interesting. It, yeah, um, it added to the eeriness. I thought, and yeah, honestly, and I like, didn't want to get too much into it because yeah. it's kind of my silver lining. But. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> we will talk about that again at the end. Stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so like we mentioned, they do these therapy sessions where Doctor Shields actually pays Miss Farts to do therapy, um, and they're like getting really close and just kind of like idolizes Doctor Shields a little bit. Um, and it gets to the point where Doctor Shields asks. Jessica to get dressed up, go to a bar, and try and pick up an obviously married guy. Um, and it is revealed to the reader that the reason Dr. Shields is doing this is because she discovered Buck her... wild. Yeah. <laughs> discovered her husband, Thomas, had cheated on her. So she's trying to recreate the scenario to see if all men are susceptible to beautiful young women or just her husband. Like, okay. First of all... <laughs> Listen. I don't know, like... How do both of us have our, our head in our hands right now? I want you all to know that both of us are literally sitting here, like clutching our foreheads. <laughs> so, here's this woman that's like, I'm so good at emotions and therapy and knowing like people's motivations and things like that, but I don't know, like, I, I just can't fathom a world where someone would cheat on me, so it must be a deficiency to all men that anytime that they see a young pretty woman they can't help but sleep with her like how does that I mean I can I can wrap my head around that because I, I can, get like I, I get that she might be good at other people's emotions but maybe isn't good at her own emotions like I can accept that as a thing okay as a person who is not good at their own emotions but is pretty good at giving advice on other people's emotions <laughs> um but here's what I don't get you are a research professor who has access to research that has been done on infidelity. Like, why do you think this is a good way to suss this one out? Like, this sample size of one one, is going to solve your issue. No, she's subject 52. She was... But, but no, no, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about farts. I'm talking about the guy. Like oh, if, if the oh, guy you're right, you're right. Did go off with Jessica. That does not prove that every married man would do that. Like you would need to literally repeat this trap with like every hundred times. <laughs> every married man. <laughs> I mean, I will I will suggest that you could do a, a sample, but it needs to be a bigger sample than one, <laughs> certainly. That's not good research. This is really my biggest issue with this book, is Dr. Shields is not good at research. It certainly does not seem that way. Uh, <laughs> she's just good at manipulating people. Yeah. Uh, which, I was totally on board with her as a villain until it came to moments like these, and I'm just like, why do we have to, like... Why do we have to have this woman, like, just completely weakened and destroyed by the fact that her husband cheated on her? I don't know. Like, I just, like, she seems so, like, powerful and cool in all their ways. And then, like, just to have this whole, like, the whole thing was because she was betrayed by her husband. Which, yes, I get. That is a very, like, traumatic thing to have happen Mm -hmm. to you. But to have it completely, like, unhinge her in this way? I don't know. I mean, I think there's kind of suggestions from Thomas. That's the husband, by Mm -hmm. the way, Thomas. Um 
that she has always been unhinged if we're gonna you know call it that which i mean like uh, whatever um i i i think there there is definitely a suggestion there that this is not necessarily strictly like because of the way she talks about her sister because mm-hmm. um, like way later in the book there's a whole thing about um how dr shields when she was younger uh her sister took her boyfriend or her turn her boyfriend broke up the sister ended up with the boyfriend the sister was out late with the boyfriend dr shields locked her out of the house um the sister ended up getting back in the car with the boyfriend and died in an accident because the boyfriend was drunk. Uh, and while thinking about this, Dr. Shields is like, basically like, well, she got what was coming to her and it's not really my fault and shows like no remorse. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of supposed to be implied that it's not necessarily these other people doing things that's causing her to behave in this way that she is just kind of a sociopath. Mm -hmm. But then like, she does feel genuine love for Thomas. So yeah. Like, and she never wants like get revenge on him. It's just, yeah. So I just, I don't know. I guess I just didn't, un- I was to- like, I was really behind her as like this good creepy villain. And then for like mm-hmm. to reveal her motivation as this, I was just like, Oh, and I thought it was going to be that Thomas was the big bad at the end. Mm-hmm. Like I really I did think that for a while too, you know? Um, and it was just, well, we, we haven't gotten to the end of the book. Yeah. So we'll, let's... we'll keep going. I think we're like about a fourth of the way through. <laughs> <laughs> Unsurprising to a lot of people, but surprisingly to Dr. Shields, the married man rejects Jess saying that he is happily married. And so this sends Dr. Shields into like a further spiral of, I need to figure out why this happened. So, Dr. Shields then purposefully makes her husband sick by feeding him hazelnuts, which he's allergic to. And for the purpose of giving him a headache so that he would go into another room for aspirin so that she could steal some phone numbers off of his phone, of his, like, most recent dialed. Surely there was a more effective way to do this. Surely. I don't know. They're, they're like, they're estranged. Here, I'm going to pitch it. Okay. They're estranged. They're having this dinner. Mm -hmm. She says... Oh, you know, I I feel so, you know, at ease with you now. I feel like we're really reconnecting. And she said, like, like it, it's in the narrative that they have not had sex since they separated. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, oh, why don't you go go head on into the bedroom and, like, get comfortable and I'll be in in a minute. There, done. Get his fucking phone. Done. Mm-hmm. Donezo. Why are you Why are you poisoning him? <laughs> And then, you know, if you don't actually want to have sex with him, go back like a few minutes later and be like, oh, now I don't want to. Please leave. Or like poison yourself at that point. Or poison yourself. Yeah, be like, oh, I think I have food poisoning. Like there's a lot of, a lot of other money. options, which yeah. to be fair, like she specifically says like his allergy is not that bad. But also food allergies can change over time and get way worse over time. So actually, that's that's really not an excuse. That could have like, gone a lot worse than it did. She's like, she's like, oh, it's a three aspirin headache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's anaphylactic shock, I guess now. Whoops, Whoopsie. my bad. Like, <laughs> um, So she, she does like some preliminary research with the phone numbers, but ends up giving them to Jess to call to tell them they want a free ma- makeover from her Uber of makeup. Um, which Jess is uncomfortable with. Again, another, another situation which Jess should have been like, mm, I'm out. Jess is uncomfortable with this because she could lose her job because of a non-compete clause in her job contract um, where she cannot use the her company's name in order to do makeup on the side 
which makes sense. Uh, but she does it anyway. She goes to these women's because houses. Dr. Shields is such a good manipulator. Yes. Oh, she owes Dr. Shields so much. Uh, she goes to these women's houses to do their makeovers, and uh, I guess Doctor Shields tells Jess that these women were once involved in the study, um, and she needs Jess to go and ask them questions on the DL about their demographics. Which yeah. Jess is obviously sketched out by this. She's like, "Well, shouldn't they already have all that on file?" But oh well, I guess I'll go. Yeah, her. This is the thing. Even if she wants to continue the study, like. You have options. Go to someone at the university and be like, hey, I'm in this study. Is this a legitimate study? (laughs) Like, is this, is anyone, is there any oversight to this study? Because if it is an actual research study, other people will know about it besides this one fucking professor. And, well, she does try to, like, go to the research assistant at one point, but he's like, "Mm, I signed an NDA. I can't say anything about anything to you except for it might be sketchy. And she's like, hmm, I just don't know. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, there's no way to tell. There's no possible <laughs> other avenue that I could go down mm-hmm. at a, a at a university to figure out what the deal is with one of their faculty, who also isn't working there right now, I have found. So, like, may, there's so many red flags. She's there's writing so me flags. personal checks for right. to do this. Like, girl. There's so many red flags, but she keeps turning at, like, the blue flags instead. I'm like, what are you doing? Where's your self-preservation instinct, Miss Farts? Where? (laughs) Uh, So she goes and speaks to these people, but the results show that Thomas is not sleeping with any of these women, but just his life is put at risk because she's made to go to the house of an abusive drug addict. Because, guess what? It also turns out Thomas is a psychiatrist, and these were his clients. So, But you would think Dr. Shields would kind of, I don't know have thought of that yes it's, it's her fucking husband like you would think she'd be like huh yeah probably some of these people he's calling her like his clients though yeah and like also i shouldn't like be privy to that information because later it, it she pretends like that's important to her like the patient her confidentiality morals, this is the thing with dr shields Ugh, i need to stop saying this is the thing uh, dr <laughs> shields is very happen. like heavy on morals and like having a moral code Mm -hmm. but it changes depending on what dr shields needs and wants at any given time Mm -hmm. which i think makes her probably a good villain like i don't think that's really a knock on the writing or anything Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of the point that it's like she can rationalize things away yeah that i think that both both shields and farts have these moral (laughs) codes Farts knows that she's breaking them and understands that yes and she's like yeah i am doing bad things sometimes but I'm doing it for money and like I have these other reasons mm-hmm. whereas Shields is like oh I didn't break my moral code because of xyz thing and it's like no but you did though <laughs> um so I think that's that uh, it, it is very inconsistent but I think I'll give it a pass because I think that's intentional yeah uh, uh in in between all of that stuff that was happening uh, Dr. Shields orchestrated for Jess to accidentally bump into Thomas because she feels like, okay, so I tried to recreate this scenario with a stranger and it didn't work, so now I need to recreate the scenario exactly to try and manipulate my husband into sleeping with another woman. The way she does this is, again, just absolutely buck wild. That it, she's like, I'm going to send the two of them to yes. a museum and they will fuck. And it's like, well, okay, but like you, that's. She sends them separately. Um, so they don't, and neither of them knows that they're going to meet the other. 
Like, Jess doesn't even know why she's there. She's told to just go there for 30 minutes and then leave. Right. Um, and she does go and have a conversation with someone. And Dr. Shields, like, thinks that it was Thomas, but it wasn't really. But um, Jess and Thomas do end up meeting each other outside of the museum. There was, like, an accident, and it was totally mm-hmm. unintended. And Jess didn't even know it was part of the study, so she never mentioned it to Dr. Shields. They did meet. And they did end up sleeping together, which becomes important to the plot. But neither of them knew the identity of the other when they slept yeah. together. I mean, I think I think Thomas knew Jessica's identity in the sense that, like, she said her real name. Like, but he didn't know her relationship yeah, to yeah. his wife. Didn't know that they were both connected to Dr. Shields and brought together yeah. for a purpose. I, uh, a sinister purpose. <laughs> stupid purpose uh dr shields thinking the first meeting has failed organizes another meeting um and tells jess this time you need to get his phone number and try to sleep with him uh which again red flag red flag red flag girl get out please leave at that point you (laughs) are being asked to put yourself out there in ways that no one should ask you to (laughs) like why are you still going along with this and again this is (laughs) I I get that not everyone is going to be, like, super thoroughly aware of research ethics. Like, if you just don't have a research background or whatever. Like, I don't have a research background. I'm not in research or anything. Mm-hmm. But, like, you gotta, you, you, you have to assume if someone is like, hey, we're doing this study. I want you to fuck a guy. Like, there is no study that that's gonna be (laughs) that's not getting past the irb honey (laughs) that's not gonna work (laughs) but it's even dumber because the two they recognize each other um the second time that they are accidentally meeting um because they have slept together at this point and then somehow Thomas just jumps to the conclusion that his wife is involved and leaves just this ominous no, no, voicemail no. that's like, be careful, she's dangerous. Not somehow. Because Jess has Dr. Shield's book coming oh, out of her purse. I totally forgot about which that. Which is honestly dumber than if he had just assumed. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, the cover of her book was peeking out of her purse. Like, why did Jess have that book? How did he notice? He's like, I knew that you must know my wife because of that book, which she wrote in our very living room four years ago. It's like, okay, right, cool. But like, she could have just bought it. (laughs) It's not like it was unpublished. Exactly. I don't. And again, I don't know why Jess had that book. There was no reason for her to be reading it. I don't know. Maybe it was part of her ongoing research to make sure that Dr. Shields was a good person, but I guess. clearly she was also not good at research, so... <laughs> but she, at least, that's not her job, so that's kind of okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, see, now Thomas is just like Sherlock Holmes, too. Man, yeah. real meeting of the minds here. <laughs> so basically, for the last, like, hundred-something pages of the book, Jess is just sketched out and doesn't know who she can trust. Uh, she and Thomas work together to discover some secrets, but then she decides she can't trust Thomas. Yeah, this was kind of a fun part because I, I, this was probably the closest I came to liking this book because there was like this period of time where we as the audience had pretty much all of the info Mm -hmm. 
and it was just the various characters in different combos not have it which is i like that a, i like oh, when really? i know I things that. a lot more because <laughs> uh, i like i liked them like <laughs> running around and it being like dr shields is like well he she must have done this and it's like then jess is like i definitely uh, didn't uh, do that uh, thing. Uh. i definitely didn't do that thing and i think dr shields did this and it goes back to dr shields and she's like i think thomas did this and it's like thomas is like no i definitely didn't so that was kind of fun like just the farcicalness of it all like <laughs> we're no none of them have any fucking clue what's going on but they're it, all trying to suss it out it's like the part in scooby-doo where they're running through all the doors and yes. they keep coming out of different yes. doors yeah because like like Thomas thinks that, like, Thomas is worried that his part in this deep, dark secret is going to get revealed. So he's trying to figure out who knows what. Jess is just trying to figure out, like, who she can trust, like you said. And mm-hmm. then Dr. Shields, at this point, suspects Jess of having slept with Thomas and is, like, trying to figure out, like, how to punish her and whatever. So, like, yes. they've all kind of got, like, different motivations and they're all interplaying in an interesting way, I thought. Um, more than, more than, ma- like, because you get the two different perspectives. I yeah. It, it ended up being pretty, pretty interesting in those segments. Yeah. I think that having the Dr. Shields chapters, there really helped. I think if we had mm-hmm. to like follow Sit just, just, yeah, just farting around for a hundred pages, trying to figure shit out. Mm-hmm. That would have been unbearable, but yeah, probably. <laughs> um, so I guess here's basically the bullet points of what happened. So Dr. If you care about spoilers, turn it off now. Yes. This is it. This is the whole reveal. Uh, Dr. Shields had another research participant at one time, Subject 5. And they had a similar relationship as Jess and Dr. Shield do. Subject 5 eventually committed suicide, but the circumstances of her death sketched Jess out even further than she had already been sketched out. She is so sketched. It's it's incredible. She's a full-on etch-a-sketch. <laughs> Um, at one point, Jess breaks into Dr. Shields' house with the help of Thomas to get access to Dr. Shields' files on Jess and Subject 5, and she finds out that the study is really about trying to seduce Thomas to see if he's a serial cheater. Um, and along the way, discovers that Subject 5, whose name is actually April, was the one that Thomas cheated on his wife with, and also that Thomas was her therapist, and she starts putting the pieces together. But... Dr. Shields ostensibly does not know At that subject point, yeah. five was the woman. Like Thomas invented another. Yeah. yeah. Thomas like, came, like fed her a story. Like basically Thomas is like trying to get out of the relationship and faked an affair yeah. so that he could get out of the relationship. But then he had this actual affair that happened like months prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, he couldn't use that affair to get out of the relationship because uh, Subject Five, whose name I can't remember, April, <laughs> um, April, was his client or his you know patient. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he couldn't admit to that affair to his wife because then she would have something on him yes. essentially. Um, and they all believe that she doesn't know about the affair with April. But because she is like a Sherlock Holmes, she does know. And uh, she faked her research notes to make it seem like she didn't know about the affair with April, but oh, she she's did. It's just so smart. She's like 10 steps ahead of everyone the whole time. So, so far ahead of them. Uh, Dr. Shields realizes that Jess is getting wise to her, so she takes steps to alienate Jess from her friends and family. She gets Jess fired from her work, so she has to rely on Dr. Shields for money and stuff, and she gives her 
parents and her sister a free vacation to Florida so that they're not around. And she makes Jess's boyfriend break up with her by telling him lies. And it's all very creepy and good. And I like that aspect of the story. See, that was, I I didn't like that part because oh. it was it was back to mm, dumb thriller stuff. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything comes ahead on Christmas Day, where Doctor Shields has Jess and her husband over for dinner, and I'm like, "Ooh, how's this gonna end? Who's gonna die? I can't wait to read this." Doctor Shields thinks that Thomas and Jess have slept together. They have. She wants to hear the truth from them. She says she will speak to each of them individually, and if one gives up the other, she will reward them by not blackmailing them or something. <laughs> I didn't understand. Yeah, she has she has blackmail material on both of them. Yes. Jess is like, oh, this is just like that thing I read on Facebook, The Prisoner's Dilemma or something, <laughs> and she basically solves the puzzle. <laughs> she admits that she and Thomas were sleeping together, but also reveals that the reason April killed herself was because Dr. Shields gave her a shit ton of Vicodin and then made her feel like poo-poo. Um, she didn't technically murder April, but she was the reason for April's death. And, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> and of so- course she did this because she knew, yeah, she knew about the uh, affair. Yeah, and because she wanted, she she did it because she wanted to protect Thomas. Yes, she didn't want. That's kind of the thing that to Thomas. comes up at the end is that, like the way that Jess figures out the solution to the prisoner's dilemma in this case is that sh- if she lies, or if she tells the truth, she thinks Thomas will lie because Thomas is at heart a good person, which there's no evidence to support that up to this point. But I guess whatever. He just um, seems to me like one of those fake like. Just fake rich fake boys. Deep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she thinks, okay, if I lie, Thomas will tell, or if I tell the truth, Thomas will lie. And then, like, Dr. Shields will still try to, like, pin the blame on me. So Thomas will see such a, what a bad person she actually is. Mm-hmm. And then Thomas will, like, turn against her or whatever. Um, and because of all of this, like, it becomes clear that what Dr. Shields really cares about is protecting Thomas and that that's why she, she didn't, she didn't kill or, you know, manipulate, manipulate murder April out of jealousy so much as she was worried that she would eventually spill the beans on Thomas. Yes. Um, so that is also lame because as annoying as the like score woman scorned trope is, Mm -hmm. I hate it a little less than this, which is, I will do anything to stand by my man. Yeah, which... What did he do to deserve that? Nothing. Exactly. He was a garbo boy. He, like, was, he cheated on his wife with his patient. Ew. Yeah. Ew. And his patient, who was, like, what, 15 years younger than him. Like, ugh. <laughs> but... Oh, yeah. So, basically, Thomas is like, oh, no, I hate you. And Dr. Shield's like, oh, I hate that you hate me. Um, and so she writes herself a prescription for Vicodin and takes it all and dies. I think, but I think in addition to hating, she knew that Jess was going to, like, out her, right? Like, Jess was going to... They were going to call the cops the next yeah, day. Yeah, so she she realized that that would put Thomas on blast. Yeah. So well, she was like, got to protect my man still, which is she, why well, this she is was so... like, there was no... I had to find the line because it was just, like, so stupid. Like, there was no light in my life anymore. 
It is completely dark out now. The endless sky is devoid of a single star. Yes. Without Thomas, there will be no light tomorrow. I write myself a prescription for 30 Vicodin pills. More than enough. Yeah. So she basically just does it because Thomas don't like her no more. That's how I read it, which... Yeah, but it also, it says all the questions Mrs. Like, right before that, it's all the questions Mrs. Voss sought will finally be answered. Mm -hmm. Thomas's involvement with April is left out of the note. It may be enough to save him. So, like, she thinks by confessing, she'll save Thomas. Uh, It's just, no matter what, it's that she's sad because her husband doesn't love her, and also she wants to still protect her husband who doesn't love her, which is, like, real, real lame. Yes. And also her husband... Her husband is a Garbo boy who doesn't follow the morals that she yes. supposedly espouses so heavily. And and ultimately it doesn't work because then at the end just is like, hmm, I know all of this about Thomas, so I'm going to blackmail him into giving me all of the money from your estate now that you're dead, Dr. Shields. <laughs> and that's how the book ends. Yep. <laughs> Which, I was like, what? <laughs> well, I mean, here... Let's get into silver linings, because I do want to talk about what okay. the stuff I liked in this book. So, number one, I liked the you stuff. And I actually don't want to talk about that as much as I thought I did, because I thought that was going to be my main mm-hmm. silver lining. But I think, kind of having talked about it now, I think what I do like about this book is that it has an interesting take on morality, in that the stuff that's interesting in this book is looking at how people interpret morality right Mm -hmm. so -hmm. like you have dr shields and her she has like a system of morality that she wants the world to follow and gets very upset when people fall out of it like when she finds out jess lies to her she gets very upset about that um even though she herself does not follow it and does not hold people to the same level Mm -hmm. um so she had jess on the other hand like i said is like does believe in these sort of morals and you see that more as she gets involved in this study Mm -hmm. but there's also like this interesting sort of um like acknowledgement that she's that morality is performative right Mm -hmm. that she's doing things to she's trying to be more moral because she knows someone is watching now because she feels like Dr. Shields is going to judge that her for stuff. That is true. Yeah, because so, like, she does, gets... like, ask that a lot. Like, what would mm-hmm. Dr. Shields think about? Is yeah. this ethical? Blah, blah, blah. So, like, that stuff is kind of more interesting. And then, like, towards the end, I think what it eventually lands on, for Jess at least, is that, um, like, it's what she's... Like, it's interesting because she doesn't really have a character arc. She comes back to what she said at the very beginning where she says, like, the only one I can trust is myself, and I have mm-hmm. to worry about myself. And that's what she comes back to is that she says, you know, like, you know what, like, this isn't a moral thing to do to blackmail someone, but I'm going to do it because I have to look out for myself. And she <laughs> ends it like the the last section of the book is back in that second person where she's imagining it as Dr. Shields describing this scene. So it's again, like mm-hmm. through the lens of this person who she has kind of turned into her, her like, judge jury in terms of morals Mm -hmm. like the the end of it is like or maybe an insistent question will haunt you was it all worth it jessica so it's like again kind of like that she's only able to suss out if this is moral or not through exterior judgment and i thought all that stuff about like morality and ethics and stuff like that was really interesting it was just it was in this stupid plot about cheating like i didn't care about (laughs) i didn't care about any of the drama that surrounded any of the other stuff that was all a lot so I'm going to recap real quick. 
Okay. And then ask you what your silver lining was. I'm going to try to cut it down so it, it's not like 20 minutes of me talking about morality. I think we might need some filler on this episode, though, so also. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. How about <laughs> if I just say, what was your silver lining? <laughs> I, uh, I really liked Dr. Shield's character until I realized what her motivation was like I thought her parts were all like just like I said before they were very good they're very creepy um and until it was revealed I really didn't know where it was going to end up going I know that you said that like around like chapter six you're like oh you thought you had figured it out did that yeah, was that true it was totally not accurate oh, okay okay what <laughs> I thought was gonna happen with this book um I thought the reason Kristen hated it was that it was a um Scarlet Letter sort of situation, by which I mean, I'm not really referencing Scarlet Letter in general. I'm referencing a specific edition in which the back of the book says, um, and the preacher is the father, essentially, which is like the big spoiler in the book. So I thought that's that what was going on with this book was that the entire time it was going to be the psychiatrist kept talking to her from a distance and would like send her letters and things Uh like that and never be revealed and then the big twist and like she would like fall in love with him or something because she thinks he's a guy at first and then Uh the big twist is that it's a woman and that was like so I thought that was that the the her Uh being a woman thing was going to end up being the big twist because they were hitting the oh he's doing this he's doing that so hard we never even talked about that I forgot yeah but Mm -hmm. and then you know the fact that like the cover of the book has two women on it so obviously Dr. Shields is a woman like right right um so I thought that was the situation, that that was going to be the big twist and that everybody who looked at the cover of this book would know it, that, that that was the twist. But that got resolved <laughs> about like 15% of the way through the book. So it turned out not to be that. It really irritated me until that point, though. Yeah, right? Which just assumed he was a man. Whatever. <laughs> so I thought, let's see. So the reason I originally liked Dr. Shields a lot, or well, I mean, I still liked her throughout most of the book, except for I thought she had stupid motivation. But the reason I liked her initially was because I thought that she was like grooming Jess mm. to be like her best friend and confidant and then eventually would trick Jess into killing Thomas for her. That would have been fun. That would have been a very good way to do that. Isn't that, isn't that, and I don't know cause I haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. isn't that what, um, that Anna Kendrick movie is a small favor, a little favor, something like I that. I haven't seen that. I think that might be the plot of that. So maybe go watch that movie if that's what you're looking for. Cause yes. I, like I said, I haven't seen it. I don't know, if, but I think it's something along those lines. Okay. I'll have to look into it then. Yeah, but I could be completely like wrong. I've only seen the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, but then the ending sucked. So mm. that made yeah. me sad. Wasn't great. No. Did you relate to anyone in this book? Um, yes. Also, the ending, no one got murdered like at all in this yeah, book. Yeah, no one a big died downer. except April. And, and well, I guess herself. Dr. Shields killed herself. But like, yeah, no oh, one was yeah. murdered, which... So that was lame. Um, mm. <laughs> I think the character I most related to was Lauren, who is the woman that Thomas supposedly had oh. the affair with, but uh-huh. actually just owned a boutique and had nothing to do with the story and was really annoyed that um, uh, Farts was trying to drag her into this. Yes. And then when she, when Farts like explained this, whole, was like, there's a man, do you know this man? And she's like, no, I like I, he shopped here once, I guess. Um, and she's like, you got to be careful because, like, he's dangerous. And she was like, I mean, go to the police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Farts is just like, no, that would make too much sense. 
they'll never believe me with all of these texts and like proof that I have to back up that this is the situation that's happening. She's so dumb. I know. Like, tell the police you're involved in something that makes you uncomfortable, and they can at don't least even look don't even it. go to the police again. Go to Just... the fucking department head at the university and be like, hey, so one of your professors. This seems sketchy. Could you like Could you I don't look know into this? look into this and also like I. I'm telling you so that if I get murdered, like, y'all know what's up. She just left her some bad Yelp reviews. Yeah. Not a good therapist. One star. Made me (laughs) try to have sex with a man. (laughs) Turned out to be her husband. (laughs) Very confused. (laughs) Tried to do Prisoner's Dilemma on me, but I had read Facebook. What's smarter? (laughs) Out dilemmaed her. (laughs) How about you? Who did you relate to? Dr. Shields? No. Well, yeah, but no. (laughs) I liked uh, Jess's dog, Leo. Wow. That was scraping the very bottom of the barrel. I I like dogs. (laughs) No, like even I didn't relate to really anyone in this book because I thought all their motivations were stupid and they were for the most part unlikable, um, both by design and not. So, yeah, (laughs) I think the most glaring one is probably... Thomas, because like I said, like they do that thing again at the end where they're like, it's they've built him up as a red herring, and then they're like, oh, he's basically a good guy, and I'm like, but he, he but he wasn't. You he can't did big bad. You, you can't make me think that this guy could be a murderer, and then like turn around two seconds later and be like, eh, he's basically a good guy. Like, no, you nah. you've laid the groundwork for something else. <laughs> he can't be part like he can't be part hero of the story. I'm sorry. Mm. Like, yeah, no, it doesn't work. And I mean, I don't think he super was, but he kind of was. Like, yeah, like he was going to go to the cops and stuff. But so they they try to like present Jess and Thomas as this partnership. And then but also like like it was a very like ambiguous partnership, hmm. which was cool. But then, like you said, like there needed to be. I feel like I didn't get enough retribution on Jess's behalf, I guess. Like, I feel like something definitely worse than blackmail should have happened to Thomas. Yeah, because, like, he kind of caused, like, two women to kill themselves a little bit. A little bit. And again, like, I don't, I don't, and that's why I'm kind of uncomfortable being like, oh, it was, um, what's her face's fault? Not farts, the other one. Shields. Shield. It was Shields' fault that uh, Experiment 626 died. Subject 5. <laughs> Same difference. Also called April. <laughs> no. Um, Experiment 66. No, 626. It's a Lula and Stitch reference. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, it's, um. like, I feel uncomfortable saying it was S.H.I.E.L.D.'s fault that she died because it's like, like she was, she was depressed for a very long time, and like, yeah, oh yeah, that's had true. been suicidal for a very long time, and just definitely what Doctor Shields did did not help her. But again, is she actually culpable for that? Like I don't know. But well, I the Vicodin was definitely oh yeah, giving not her the Vicodin not helpful, yeah. not good. Thirty not a pieces good of Vicodin. Yeah, but she is correct in that she, it's it's she didn't put it in her mouth and like rub her throat like a dog you know that's true okay um, i thought what was going to happen was that it was going to be revealed that in one of the eighteen thousand glasses of wine that was drunk in this book she had put the vicodin into that and actually that would have also been good because that would have made sense (laughs) that would have been good no. no 
All right. I'm going to put in, I'm going to make a survey. Uh, question one. Uh, agree or disagree? Or how strongly do you agree with who is to blame in this murder? <laughs> Suicide. Death. <laughs> Death. Is it on a scale of the five point scale? Disagree. I strongly disagree. Disagree. Do not agree or disagree. Agree or strongly agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Dr. Shields responsible? Are you asking me? Yeah. Or is this a survey yeah. we're giving to the yeah. audience? I, I need, I need you to go deeper, M. Okay. <laughs> is Dr. I would say. So it's one to five, right? With yes. one is one is disagree strongly, and five is agree strongly. Yes, mm-hmm. I would say a four, maybe four three, four three territory. All right, so either you slightly agree, or you neither agree nor disagree. No, I slightly disagree. Wait, which one Wait, was one, and two. which one was five? Wait, fuck! <laughs> how do surveys work? We were the ones who were bad at research this whole time. No. No, okay, sorry. I, I did get it backwards. So if one is strongly disagree. Yes. I feel like one should be strongly agree, shouldn't it? Isn't that usually how it goes? I don't... Well, it usually goes, like, if you're going from left to right, it starts at I thought disagree it usually went, and ends on agree. Right. But I think usually they do five, four, three, two, one, because I think one is usually... This is nothing. This is nothing. This is... Okay. Uh, <laughs> we know a lot of uh, psychologists out there um, with PhDs. Tell us how we could have made this survey better. <laughs> Please do the Please. survey for us. <laughs> Please do the survey so that we can find out what everyone thinks about who was the most guilty party. Yes. And... Yep. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for your time. We will pay every participant $500. We will not do that. (laughs) I do not have $500. (laughs) So what would you rather be reading? Yes. (laughs) Mine might be kind of an obvious answer, but I'd rather be reading You by Carolyn Kepnes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is also told in... For those of you that don't know or haven't watched the Netflix uh, series, which I haven't yet, but I've heard good things. I've heard um, mixed things. That you is about a, well, let me look up his name. Cause it's about watch. Gossip Girl. <laughs> what? The guy who's in it. He's the guy oh. who's Gossip Girl. <laughs> See, I didn't even know that much. <laughs> Pretty sure. Uh, so the problem with just searching for you on Goodreads. That's not good. It's going to return a lot of. his name is Joe. Yes, his name is Joe. Basically, this woman comes into the bookstore where he works, um, and he becomes a little bit obsessed with her, and it is kind of like a dark, spiraling series of events where what happens when someone gets a little bit too obsessed with an individual and the lengths they will go to to um, have them. And it's also told in the second person. Mm. So a lot of like kind of parallels there. Uh, but this one ends, I liked the ending, and I rated this a little bit higher than I rated Anonymous Girl. Mm. So. Cool. Give it a shot. There's also a sequel. I don't know anything about the sequel, though. Mm. Uh, what would you rather be? Um, okay, so this is, like, probably the biggest stretch I've ever made while still trying to connect it to it. Because okay. usually if it's I'm stretching this far, I'm just like, fuck it, I just wanted to read this book. But I am going to try to connect this. Okay, so... <laughs> The idea of what this book, what I thought this book was going to be, where I thought it was going to be the psychiatrist um, 
communicating with her uh-huh. all via letters and like uh-huh. giving her instructions and telling her what to do and whatever. Um, kind of Black Mirror, that one episode of Black Mirror, you know? That's what I thought this book was going to turn mm-hmm. into. Um, you, do you know which episode I'm talking about? The one no, that- I'm too scared to watch Black Mirror. Oh, I love Black Mirror. <laughs> I've watched like three episodes, so have you I watched San Junipero? Because that one's legit. That one's. That I scary. think I watched. I watched that by way of like Michael was watching it, and mm. I was there. Great. I don't Perfect. know if my eyeballs were on the screen, but I know the gist of that one. <laughs> that one's good. Um, okay, so. There's an episode, oh, God damn it. There's an episode of Black Mirror where, like, the guy is getting instructions to do stuff. I think this is also a movie now. There's a movie with this premise. Okay. He's getting instructions to do stuff. And um, it's also, there's also, like, a, a urban legend about um, this kind of deal. Like, the the, um, the the gray whale challenge or the blue whale challenge, something like that. Um, but essentially, it's, like, you get instructions to do stuff, and they escalate and escalate and escalate, and eventually you're doing, oh, like... Um... I watched the movie because it had Dean Franco in it. <laughs> what is Man, it called? Here's the thing. None of this matters because it doesn't relate to what I'm talking about. And I've led us <laughs> Dang so it. far astray. But, it, okay. I think Emma Rob- Robertson, is that Quite her possibly. <laughs> Roberts. Um, Emma Roberts. That movie Dean was Franco? bad, but I enjoyed it. Wait, Dean I, Franco? Dean? Yeah, isn't that his name? Who's Dean Franco? James Franco's little brother. It's not Dean. Oh, uh, what is his name? Not Dean. Yes. Oh, fuck. It's not Dean. Dave. <laughs> you know what? I'm very bad at names. It's definitely Dave Franco, guys. And Dean Franco is some nerd I just Googled. <laughs> Which is mean. He's a, pro- he's a professor of English at some Wake nerd. Forest. Such a nerd. <laughs> Huge big nerd. Anyway. But Dave Franco, uh, very attractive. Yeah, sure. This is so far off the rails. Is he married to Allison Brie, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for real. That is a very attractive couple. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. this doesn't matter. <laughs> Go <laughs> on. <laughs> that is what I thought this book initially was. And that would have been good. I would have read that. It reminded me of another book that is like that, except a romance, which sounds terrible and actually probably is pretty terrible, but I still really like it. Um, Could we called... get Dean Dave Franco to star in it? Um, actually, there is a movie of it with um, what's his face, a famous man. Uh, Fred oh, Astaire. that narrows it down Fred, quite Fred a bit. Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire. Fuck okay. off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't like the movie version because it, it. I don't like it. Anyway, um, the the book I'm talking about is called Daddy Long Legs. It's from 1912. It was written by Gene Webster. And I actually really like it because of the Paul Gordon musical that is based on it. So oh that's God, really kind of more really... what I'm drawing from. <laughs> but I do like the book, too. Um, although it is really creepy in, like, describing it. Uh, it's about this young woman who is an orphan. And she find, or um, she gets this benefactor who uh, pays for her to go to school on the condition that um, she has to write him letters to like tell him of her progress. So the whole okay. book is like her letters to him. Uh-huh. Um, and he does not write back or, ha- or he su- comes into it saying like, he's not going to write back or have any correspondence with her. Um, and it goes on and she kind of falls in love with this other guy, but she has all these weird, like unresolved feelings towards 
hmm. the guy that she's writing to, who she addresses yeah. as Daddy Longlegs, because all she knows about him is that he is tall. Um, so he, she like writes to her over, so, writes to him over like several years while she's going to college, um, and it goes on, and there's a big twist at the end, but it's like not really a twist if you like the musical it's pretty upfront about it from the beginning but i think it's kind of a twist in the book um but it's a very interesting book um again kind of problematic in terms of like it's a romance between two people who are very like not matched in terms of the power that they have over each other's lives um but i'm giving it a pass because it was written in 1912 and things were were more problematic (laughs) then (laughs) <laughs> oh that sounds really interesting yeah it's 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 also um i think pretty widely available for free because it is in the public domain at this point so and you uh, said it's a movie it is it is a movie from the 50s which i don't particularly enjoy um and then it is a musical which i really really like the musical and okay uh it's it's got a lot of bops in it Oh, damn it! I just googled Daddy Longlegs and got pictures of spiders. Yeah, you're gonna get spiders. That's that's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna get you spiders. <laughs> I hate it. Um, uh, all right, so let's move on to because that pretty much wraps it up for this fortnight. Yeah, right? except for did you know that Dave Franco is 33? I mean, I didn't, but that doesn't super surprise me. I thought he was younger than me. Well, he's not. <laughs> Good. Good. At least someone isn't. <laughs> Okay, I'm so excited about our next challenge. That makes to... me so nervous because every time you've been really excited, we've read, like, literal garbage. I don't think this is going to be, like, straight up moon people okay. level. Um, but I just, I I think it's going to take us a lot of places, and I'm very excited. So Gracious me. I came at this thinking, because we've, we've been talking a little bit about, like, kind of the direction we want this podcast to go in. And one of the things I mentioned was that... Um, I liked I like when we have authors who are very well known. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, kind of like our Chris Harrison episode, maybe we could do another like celebrity author who okay. was a celebrity before they wrote things. And oh, my God. first thought was Model Land by Tyra Banks, but you can't oh my get God, that on Kindle. I wanted to do that too. It's you so fucking long. It's so long and you can't get on Kindle. Um, and then I found that Fabio, the guy in the romance novel covers, yeah. he's written some books, and I wanted to do those, oh my but God. I could only find them on Amazon for like ninety bucks, and that okay, wasn't never mind. So this is what I've got. I'm gonna tell you the title of the book, and I'm gonna okay. read the synopsis, and then I want to see if you can guess who wrote this. Please okay. do not cheat. I will. I'm not. I'm my hand, here is my hands. You okay. can see them here. I'm not hmm. typing. Okay. So the Google, title of this up. book. No, I'm just <laughs> the title of this book is Rebels. Colon. By Rebel Wilson. City of Indra, colon. The story of Lex and Livia. Okay? Oh, okay. In a world of the far future, the great city of Indra has two faces. A beautiful paradise floating high in the sky and a nightmare world of poverty carved beneath the surface of the earth. Lex grew up in an orphanage deep in the dark, but even as a child, she instinctively rebelled against her fate, the time when she would be judged either useful to society or forced to live among the mutations in Rock Bottom. I don't know if that's a SpongeBob reference, but uh, the lowest level. When she has chosen to become an elite cadet of the Population Control Forces, only her fellow cadet Kane truly understands her longing for freedom. Unknown to her, one girl secretly shares her defiance, Livia Cosmo, the orphan heiress which is spelled a i 
R-E-S-S. I don't know what the deal is I with that. I hope it's because they live in the air. Well, may live on a sky island surrounded <gasps> by wealth and privilege, but she is just as restricted as Lex. Rigid discipline governs her every movement as she learns the art of becoming a proper young woman, all caps, the belle of the emergence ball, caps, ready to be picked for cohabitation oh by the finest of the proper so young much. men, all caps. Her future is assured until an intriguing encounter with a young man named Kane changes everything. For that is when Lex's and Livia's destinies collide. Approached by an old enemy to help save Kane from oh mortal God. danger, Lex sacrifices her special ops career to find him in the islands among the clouds. Her search, high above in the beautiful spires of the city of Indra, brings her oh instead to the air girl Livia. Lex and Livia should have nothing in common, and yet they share a kindred yearning for escape from the strict rules that bind them. Dot, dot, dot. And a mystifying identical mark. Brought together by danger, they set out to find Cain, but what they discover is even stranger than either dreams. Either dreams? Than either dreams? Than either dreams. We'll fix it in editing. Um, Why was that synopsis so long? It was very long. (laughs) Uh, Can I get, like, can I get a hint on, like, industry? Um, I'm not going to give you a hint on industry, but I am going to tell you it's two authors. I mean, there's the... There's actually wow. four authors. There's two ghostwriters and then the two famous authors. Oh, my God. But there's God. two authors involved, two famous Are they, involved. like, typically known to be together? Yes. So, like, Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. Yeah, sort of Final like that. answer. Oh, okay. No, no, not final answer. Um, uh, mm. Paris Hilton does have a book out, but it's nonfiction, so we couldn't do that Dang one. Dang it. Uh, mm. Oh, it sounds so terrible. I don't know. I was going to say LeVar Burton. Um, so I'll give you another hint, I guess. Um, these, one of these young women is one, of, is, is, I think has been going around recently that she is the youngest self-made billionaire. Oh my God. What? And a lot of people have been debating whether or not. <laughs> Someone in this family can claim to be self-made. As this is a very famous family. Yeah. So, okay. So, oh my God. I wish, is it, it's, it's, is it, oh my God. Uh, Jenner. But yep. I don't know any of their names besides Kim Kardashian. Kendall and Kylie, baby. <laughs> oh my God. Why did they do this? And they did it fairly recently, too. It was 2016. Oh, my God. I just Googled. Kendall and Kylie Jenner wrote two sci-fi novels, and I read them both because I do not love myself. I think I'm going to have to read this article before we record. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my man. God. Yeah, as two? Long as... They wrote two sci-fi mm-hmm. novels? There's a sequel. I, I, um... As long as this synopsis was, I left out the part about how they're on the reality hit reality show Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Oh, my God. And I think this should be interesting because, number one, I don't think Kendall and Kylie actually had anything to do with this. It was probably all ghostwriters, as most celebrity books are. But it will be interesting to see because usually, like, when celebrities do fiction, it ropes into their brand somehow right like you know chris harrison romance um who's the other one uh tyra banks model um naomi campbell like had a book that was super ghost written but is also about modeling Mm -hmm. um i don't know this just doesn't seem on 
brand for their whole thing, right? Yeah, I'm really curious like, about sci-fi this. dystopia. Like, doesn't seem what I would pitch for them. So I want to see how it goes. <sighs> I hate it already. I'm so it's short though. Thank God. Yeah, it's not a long one. So if you guys want to um, check out our coverage of the Kendall and Kylie Jenner super great novel rebels colon city of injure colon the story of lex and livia we will be covering that next fortnight um oh god does my library have this book that'd be hilarious <laughs> until then you can tweet at us at hate recast on twitter if you would like to participate in our research trials where we definitely won't make you kill our cheating husband <laughs> um or you can email us hatereadcast at gmail.com if you have like a book suggestion this was a listener suggestion we Mm -hmm. we really enjoy covering listener suggestions because there is more room for us to not hate it um because we're pretty good (laughs) at picking out books that we will hate uh, yes because we've been doing this for a while but generally well not always but generally if listeners suggest stuff it it's maybe maybe we won't hate we have more hope going in i think um than we do when the two of us torture each other for uh, months on end. Let's read a book by Kendall and Kylie yeah, Jenner. Yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. <laughs> oh, but that's okay. They're self-made billionaires or whatever, so it's fine. <laughs> Thank you, as always, to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can find his YouTube in the show notes below. Yes. And if you are not yet subscribed to us, you should do that on whatever podcasting aggregating platform that you use, because we are probably on all of them. Um, But if you do use iTunes, um, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review because it helps other people find our wonderful podcast and to help us have listeners. Yeah. Also tell someone about us like face to face. That's something I'm pushing now. Like, yeah, tell, use tell, your mouth hole. Tell another human being that you know to listen to us. And listen, we know other human beings aren't great, but surely there is one that you know that would love our podcast. <laughs> In the words of Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pacannon, a smile formed at the mere mention of Thomas's name. My step felt lighter, even my core temperature, which, since my childhood, <laughs> had been consistently recorded at 96.2, well below the average of 98.6 rose by a degree um okay <laughs> okay alright sure <laughs> uh. every fortnight here on hate read hate read hate read hello that's not the name welcome of our to podcast. hate read <laughs> <laughs> <I tried> to- <laughs>